I want. I want to start. I want to start something. I like the way we started last time when you were like, "And we are recording." We can start right now with that if you want. You just said it. Shit. Yeah, we can. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to another Learn Lead Thursday. Coming back off the nice little Thanksgiving break, Landon. How was your Thanksgiving, man? Very quiet. What I needed, just quietness. I, uh, I no taste and smell for like four days, five days. Pretty weird. I don't know if anyone can relate to this that's listening, but if you've had anything like resembling COVID, I tested negative three weeks ago, but I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I probably have it uh, or had it. I haven't had taste and smell fully for probably a week now. And it's not that you can't feel things like on your tongue. Like I could taste salty things or sweet things, but I can't tell what it is. I don't know. It's, it's just weird. But other than, other than that, Thanksgiving was good. You still sound like shit. no i'm just kidding uh yo did i ever send you that video of uh one of my cousins we have this one cousin he's probably like 500 pounds no joke he i'll send it to you after the after the podcast i guess i never sent it to you he basically just comes every holiday and eats everything and then knocks out for like five hours and so i took a series of videos of him and now what i'm gonna do i'm gonna create a montage for every family every family event of just him eating and then sleeping and i think that's gonna go viral how many people were at your house? Uh, I mean, discreetly under ten, according to Cuomo rules. But yeah, somewhere around there. You we kept you. it low key. This this done. It uh, it was a great Thanksgiving. Nice and relaxing. Kind of sucked watching the Cowboys play, and just it was like watching garbage on a football field. But other than that, it was solid, man. I had Dak Prescott for my my fantasy quarterback, and he he was doing really well all season. Well, the first what was it four weeks he was, he was playing. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then he snapped his ankle in half. Oof, yeah, that one, that one was tough to watch, man. But other than that, how you doing? How's your headspace? I know uh, we're in December now. You know, work's picking up. Got to hit some goals. How you doing? How you, how you managing all that? No, so for me, work is, is slowing down actually. So I, I'm going to Mexico next week with my my girlfriend for for about seven and a half, eight days, which is nice. So Sweet. for me, for me, it's kind of winding down. Just just doing some organizational stuff, and then getting out of the country for a little bit despite all the covid stuff it's it was tough we had a trip to italy that got canceled because of covid so we you know, she's going to to uh, jefferson next year she's going to be pretty much you know mia for a full year so we're going to be uh not able to travel so we figured this is the best opportunity before she graduates in may so uh, oh, other yeah, than man. that yeah dude so for me it's just been pretty it's slowing down as as needed because I'm, I'm running myself into the ground a little bit so what about you um the exact opposite Mindset wise and headspace, I've been never better. Uh, like I was telling you before, I can't find a word to explain how good I how good I'm doing. It's better than well. The way I like to explain it is it if I was doing any better, I'd have to complain about it. And I truly mean that, man. Like my energy's high, everything's great. I feel just like so pressured to just continuously bring value to someone, just to continuously say hello to someone or make their day. Like there's this one guy who lives by me that I'm always trying to avoid because he just he's an older gentleman. He talks. He has like low key dementia and he just you get into a conversation with him and it takes like an hour, you know, and so like I love him. Great guy. But at the same time, it's, uh, you know, you, you know, you're consuming an hour just uh, listening to him say the same things that he's been telling you for the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I actually the other day I was just on my high horse feeling great. I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, like, I love you. I just want you to know, like, I'm praying for you and that you're a great person. And it's just, I've had that energy and I feel like it's just, 
you know, you may think this is weird or not. I just feel like it's God just speaking through me, man, and just giving me so many great blessings, bro. Does it feel does it feel sustainable? Does it feel like something that you can withstand long term and it's not just some type of like high moment that goes away? Or what does it feel like for you? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's really a high, man. I think it's all the work that I've been doing over the last year in terms of my routine and my structure that's finally compounded and it just clicked. You know? It's not this next level like fakeness of a high. I just I'm living my life and just feel the need to really just be happy doing it. You know, and like I'm finding mm-hmm. that perfect balance of personal development and work. Work's picking up crazy right now and leaning into that the spirituality and the uh, bringing value to people without even expecting anything in return, nevertheless money or anything like that. It's really helped me just kind of balance my work life uh, lifestyle. And I love it, man. I'm also going to Vegas in uh in the the 17th to the 21st, so that should be fun as well. What do you got what do you got going on out there? Uh, we're going for a bachelor party. No, we're, I'm going to link up with Mike Lopez, who is, uh, we're going to have release his podcast in a couple weeks. That's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, Very we're nice. just going out to, to relax. I'm going to do some work over there, but more so going out there to just have some fun, gamble a little bit. I was going to say, play, play some, play some cards, get, hit yeah, the poker uh, tables. Yeah. I don't know if poker's allowed over there. I don't know what the deal is in terms of, you know, they're, they're on pause or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, with COVID and stuff, but I'll go out there and gamble a little bit. I went to the casino last weekend. I won twelve hundred bucks. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, for for the listeners that don't know, Anthony's a pretty avid poker player. I, I play poker pretty uh, pretty often. I don't gamble much, but uh, since poker's not there, I, you know, I like to dabble, have some fun with friends, uh, and you know, decompress a little bit. But I digress. Let's uh, tee up this interview that we got. We got an amazing interview. Going to appeal to your emotions. If you don't really get fired up after this one, I don't know what to tell you. You don't really have a conscience. <laughs> But uh, we have Logan Sneed here, who is an absolute beast um, in the personal training space, e-commerce space on YouTube. The guy had a stage four, stage four brain cancer, I believe. And he was told that he was going to die within a year. And he made some lifestyle changes, kept the faith, persevered, and now he's thriving. And I don't want to release too much because I want you guys to listen, but it was a very inspirational and uh, emotional podcast that we had. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a common saying in a way, but in his world he he describes it well, you know, the obstacles are opportunities. That's the way he looks at things in his life. And his story will let him tell it. Um, but it was very impactful and, and I remember just just in a trance listening to him tell this story because he's you know, he's in his early twenties, he's around our age. So you try to put yourself in his shoes and ask yourself how you'd respond and um, it's very inspiring to just to just hear his story and hear him tell it. So, I, you know, like you said, we'll let him get into it. We'll let him tell the story and hopefully we facilitated it well enough. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, for anyone, I want you to take one thing away from here. Just remember the growth is in the struggle. Stop trying to avoid the struggle and all the pain that you're going through. That's where you're growing your uncomfort zone. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get after it today. Enjoy the episode. Hope you guys have a great week. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Logan Sneed. Logan, how are we doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Better than we deserve, as we always say. But uh, hey, you know what? I want to get right into this. We usually do a comprehensive introduction before uh, we put this out. So we're going to let you kind of hop in and tell your story and and how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Yeah, man. Feel free to, you know, as I'm going through this, 
Um, I'll try and summarize it up the best possible. So feel free to interrupt me and ask me any questions as I'm going through it because it's not a short story. It's a decently long story. So I'll break it down. But um, but yeah, man. So it was it was day on uh, March 6th of 2016 um, was the day my life truly changed forever. I was I was feeling great the day. I was like, I, I was like, I'm going to the gym. I feel freaking good. I was like, today's day one. I'm gonna start shredding up, getting ready for summer. I feel good. I'm already looking good, but I want to look better. And I was super confident in everything. And I was driving to the gym uh, that that day, and I was in such a good mood that I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna call my girlfriend, see how she's doing. Um, you know, because it was our spring break. Like we went to the same college, but it was spring break time. So suddenly I decided to FaceTime her while I was driving. And I've never done that in my life um, besides that one time. And uh, suddenly I started talking to her on the phone and I couldn't tell, I couldn't say the words that I wanted to say. Um, It was like very, very, you know, like the the words were at at the tip of my mouth, but I just couldn't physically say them. And I don't know what was going on. Um, and then I suddenly started having a seizure, uh, while I was driving, um, I was in the middle of the car and she witnessed the whole seizure happening while I was driving. And, um, I mean, I drove half a mile unconscious. Um, and you know, thankfully it was, I drove half a mile into a, into a ditch. Um, it wasn't like, you know, full fledged horrible accident, which is a huge blessing. Cause I, if I drove probably about 20 feet more to the left, I would have been straight onto the highway and probably got plowed over. But, um, but yeah, so it was crazy. And that's where it led to the, you know, the, the whole like, you know, calling of the ambulance. She knew where I was going. So that definitely helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they came and found me. They had to break into my car cause I was unconscious. The doors were locked. They broke in, they dragged me out. They sent me to the hospital. Have I'm you ever to- had seizures before? Uh, uh, was that a yeah. first time? No, I've never in my life. I never even like thought about it or anything. Um, so yeah, then I went to the hospital, I was unconscious. I don't, I don't remember any of it really. Um, and then finally they woke me up after a few hours or I woke up after a few hours. And, uh, in that time they were trying to figure out like, you know, my, cause my parents came out, my care, my parents met at the hospital. Um, and the doctors were like, all right, well, is he on any drugs? Like, does he, does he do anything like that? And they were like, no, not at all. Um, and they, you know, tested me, there was nothing, they did every single test possible and there was no problems at all. And then their only last resort option was like, all right, we might have to see if he's got something going on in his brain. We're not sure. We just got to double check. And so that led to me getting an MRI uh, that next day. And um, of course, I didn't really look too much into it. I felt fine. I was like, it's just another day. It's just you know a little accident. Not sure what happened, but let's move on. Um, so I did the MRI. After the MRI, the results came back as a mass. So it's not, they didn't call it a tumor. They called it a mass because they just didn't know what it was. Um, so they led us to a neurologist and the neurologist took a look at it and he was like, okay, we're going to have to go see a neurosurgeon on this thing and see what he kind of has to say. So literally that next day, we went to go see a neurosurgeon. Um, and what was just like heart wrenching is the first second, like the first minute I met the guy. Um, as I'm shaking his hand, he said, Hey Logan, just want you to know this real quick. But, um, you know, if we do a brain surgery, then you probably won't be able to speak or hear, um, again after the surgery. So I just want you to kind of understand that. And I'm like, shit. All right. Well, great to meet you. Thank you so much. You know, and literally like it just shot, I mean, it's like basically a life or death situation. And I either had the choice of not getting a tumor removed or getting it removed. 
and potentially being borderline mute for the rest of my life. Um, and obviously that is not fun. And um, suddenly we left that, that, that appointment and then we went to go see a different surgeon. Now, thankfully, my parents had the mindset. They were like, we're going to go find a different surgeon. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna work with somebody like that with that type of mindset. That's just somebody who is on a low level thinking, and we feel we can find better. And we did find a much better surgeon. He's the number one brain surgeon in the world, is what he's known for. Um, his name is Dr. Raymond Sawaya. If anybody needs a brain surgeon, I hope not, but that's just the best option I would ever say. Um, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, Dr. Sawaya, like, if we're doing this brain surgery, am I gonna be able to speak or hear after this?" And he was like, "Dude." He's like, if I'm doing the surgery, dude, you're going to be fine. Don't even worry about it. Like, I got you. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, these are two individuals with the same job, the same goal, the same mission, but two completely different mindsets and two completely different outcomes. And I was like, wow, that just shows the whole difference between those two people. So obviously we went with that surgeon. Um, But he said, hey, Logan, like, we're going to have to have surgery tomorrow if we're going to do this. And I'm like, oh, geez. I'm like, tomorrow? He's like, yeah, we'll have to knock it out tomorrow, get this thing out as soon as possible, and we'll go from there. So that essentially led to a full-fledged brain surgery um, starting at 6 a 6.30 in the morning that next day. And, um, you know, I, I go in there, they kind of, you know, strap you down on that little, that uh, stretcher, you know, and then like they, they bring in a pastor, they pray for you, they basically, you know, it's that sort of like, hey, this could go bad and we're going to pray for you that God forbid if it did you know, it is what it is. It was like that sort of very exhilarating movie-like situation. What was um, it like? What was it like between your your parents and you? And do you have any siblings? What was that? What was that moment like right before uh, you went you went under the knife? Yeah. So I um the night before, my girlfriend and and her family came to kind of you know be there for me and for my family. So it was very nice of them. They all came down. We went out to eat the night before. I honestly was not nervous the night before. Um, and because I mean, I was prepared, I was very confident with the tone that the guy gave to me, which is very professional and just, you know, part of his job. But that next morning, that's when things got really a little like, you know, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say sketchy, but just very exhilarating. And yeah, it was not easy. I mean, my, my family, you know, my dad was, was being the dad, you know, he's very, you know, it was tough. You know, he was very confident with the thing. My mom, she also is very tough. You know, she's probably the toughest mom I've ever met, but low key behind the scenes that I don't see, she's really, really freaking nervous and really scared. Um, my girlfriend, she was at, she's not my girlfriend anymore. She was at the time. She was like really, really nervous. She literally didn't move in her chair for like hours. Um, cause she was so scared and nervous. And, you know, it's kind of that last little, like, all right, all right, everybody, I'll see you guys later. You know, seven hours is that's how long the surgery was. So it's like, Hey, see you guys later. And you know, everyone was like bawling their eyes out. And I mean, I, 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 I wasn't, I mean, was I nervous? Of course I was nervous, but I wasn't bawling my eyes out because just how confident I was in the situation with the, the surgeon that I was working with. Um, I know it sounds like, well, geez, how are you so confident with that thing? It's like it's something about the guy. He just had that tone, that, that persona and so the surgery went phenomenally well. It was a seven-hour surgery. They woke me up in the middle of the surgery um, to ask me questions, to you know break down what um, you know how things were going to go. They woke me up in the surgery to ask me those questions, and they did that to make sure that I could still speak and hear. Or no, excuse me, yeah, yeah, speak and hear. 
is what it was. And um, I, it was fine. Things are going great. And so he actually removed 100% of the tumor, um, which is very, very difficult with where my tumor was located. It was by the temporal lobe. Um, it's on the left side of the brain. Basically, for those that don't know where that where that's at, it's right above your left ear is where that was. Um, and so um, after the surgery, I was put to the recovery room. I felt great. And I was like, I, I didn't look too much into it. I never thought that this thing would be like a bad situation or anything. So um, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't nervous at like the diagnosis or what this could be. And uh, I was sent home. I recovered super well, super fast. About two weeks later, we come back to get the diagnosis on what it was, like what the whole analysis is. And I go in there and that's where my life really changed. And that's when I literally was just, my heart sunk and I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it, but essentially I was sitting there, the doctor came in and uh, she was like very like on the edge. She, you know, she wouldn't look you in the eyes. She was just very, you could, I could sense something was not right here and she like didn't look me in the eyes when I shook her hand and met her or anything. She had no excitement. I get it. Makes sense. And she goes, Logan, um, I'm very, very sorry to tell you this, but this is a stage four, uh, glioblastoma brain tumor. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't really understand what that essentially meant. And she said, well, it's, it's, it's a cancer, it's a cancerous tumor. Um, and you know, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but you know, we, there's really nothing that we can do about this. Um, you know, we'll try chemotherapy, we'll try radiation, but there's really nothing that we can do to really beat this. And in my head, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, you're the, like, this is the mo- one of the most difficult jobs in the world. And you're basically telling me that we can't do anything. Like there's nothing like not even a single thing. And, um, my dad was like, okay, well, should he like stop eating something or like start eating something or like, you know, do X, Y, and Z, just some little tips and tricks that maybe could help. And she was like, no, I mean, there's, there's really nothing we can do. And he goes, okay, so you're telling my son, like he can go have a beer and a burger and, and that, and that's, that's fine. Like it doesn't even matter. And she was like, yes, sir. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. So when I heard that, that's when my life literally like changed. And I'm talking like every facet of my life. I walked out of there. I felt so weak. I literally like, you know, I I almost couldn't even walk. You know, it's, it's just like the, one of the, some of the smartest people in the world are telling you that you're going to be dead soon. You know, it's so hard to even wrap your mind around that. And so I felt lost in my life, like for two weeks, I was like, okay, what's the point of me being here? Like why, like I'm taking up time, space, money, energy, everything, and I'll be dead soon. So like, why am I here? And I was going through that, but there was always something in my mind. I was like, there's gotta be something because I was like, there's no, there's no way, there's no, there's no way in history you're like at all that a human can think like that. I'm saying there's absolutely nothing you can do. Like to me, I believe there's a solution to every problem. And now it might be a more difficult solution to certain things than others, but I truly believe there's a solution to every problem. And I was like, there's gotta be something there. It has to happen. So a few weeks go by. Um, and then my friend, um, who is a mentor of mine for, you know, my whole life, you know, he wanted to meet up, just kind of see how it's going. You know, it was a few weeks later cause I was getting, you know, bombarded with like so many, I'm so sorry's and like, you know, check-ins and, and it's great support and everything. But I went paddleboarding with him here in downtown Austin, which is where I'm at. And, um, we we're just kind of hanging out, whatever. And he was like, Hey, have you, have you ever heard of the ketogenic diet? And I'm like, I'm like, no, like, what is that? He was like, okay, well, it's pretty interesting because it's a high fat, medium protein, low carb diet. And essentially what happens is 
is that your body now uses fat for fuel rather than sugar. And it allows you to, you know, feel really good, lose body fat, improve cognitive function. It's helped epilepsy, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease, cancer, seizures, everything. And uh, he was like, you should really try it out. He's like, I've seen brain cancer research on this thing. And I'm like, really? He was like, yeah, I'm telling you, man, I'll just go look it up. And I was like, all right, well, I'll, I will. And that night I literally stood up to like, I stayed up to like 3 a.m. in the morning just figuring out what the heck this was. And I found out it was like, okay, optimal fat loss, longevity, you know, potential shrinking of tumors or tumor prevention. It, it was, it was, inv- it was basically invented because it's the cure of seizures. It's the only cure for seizures there is. And I was like, holy crap. I'm like, this is crazy. This is literally everything I want in my life. And here it is. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I'll do whatever the heck it takes for this thing to work and make it work. Um, so literally that next day I suddenly, um, started the ketogenic diet. I was not a master and I can't, I wouldn't even say I still am, but, um, I just went full throttle. I didn't second guess it. I didn't, you know, question the thing. I just did it. Um, and you know, Four years go by, which is where we're at right now, and not a single growth of the tumor has come back at all. I feel better than I ever have. I've built two six-figure businesses, and um, you know I'm happier than ever in my life, and couldn't be more healthy. So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy how things literally just change in a matter of minutes, one day, two days, three days, and, and years on end. So, um, I look at the whole thing as in a journey of like, I you know I'm very blessed to have gone through all those horrific things to have helped me create the life that I've always wanted. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Logan, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. That's a extremely compelling story, man. What what it was the doctors, that lady, when she said, did they give you a time frame as to how long they suggested that you were going to stay here with us? Yeah, yeah. She was like, she was like, Logan, you know, it looks like you have about one to 10 years left to live. What? She said that word that's for ridiculous. word. ridiculous. And in my head, I'm like, okay, one to 10 years. Okay, that's either in 365 days or 3,650 days. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't line up. It doesn't make really any sense. So kind of kind of going going off of that, like first off, she's very inaccurate in her reading because that's that's literally like saying, okay, well, you know, yeah, let's see our numbers for this for this year. I think we're gonna predict from a hundred thousand to a million. Yeah. Like, okay, it doesn't make sense. You know, and going off with that, you know, the fact that my whole tumor was removed, one hundred percent of the tumor, they say that it's extremely, extremely, extremely rare for a full tumor to be removed if it's a stage four glioblastoma tumor. And so the fact that mine, mine fully got removed basically potentially had a huge, basically almost, basically, I would say saved my life. Um, so that's another inaccurate reading, I, I believe, to the way that she's diagnosing it. So, Gotcha. And, and are you still on keto right now? And did you also, have you talked to that surgeon about you going on keto and did he have anything to say about it? Yeah, so I, I I'm still 100% on keto. I feel amazing and never gone off of it. Um, the sur- I, I didn't know what the keto diet was at the time of the surgery, um, and I, I don't really talk to the surgeon anymore. But I have neuro oncologists as my doctors, um, and every neuro oncologist that I've ever talked to, absolutely, I say, hey, you know the ketogenic diet, and it took me about four years for them to even understand like really what it was. First year, no, I'm sorry, what is that? And I'm like, oh, are you? freaking kidding me like there's research on this thing and like two years goes by hey have you looked into it i mean i've kind of heard of it but it's you know i'm not really sure year three hey man so 
heard about any of this stuff? I mean, you can see the results. Obviously, this thing's not coming back. You know, you want to look into it? Yeah, I mean, I've looked more into it. We'll have to take some time and dissect it. And then now year four goes by, and one of the neuro-oncologists is doing the keto diet. Um, and they don't, they don't condone it, or they don't, like, tell their patients to do it. But they basically tell patients to do it in a different language without saying, hey, do the keto diet. Because I understand their side. They can be very they can ha- they can be held liable in a lot of different things. So they do know about it. They don't say like, oh wow, Logan, this has saved your life. Congratulations. They just kind of say, hey, keep doing your thing and you know, we'll see you in the next four months. And that's kind of their their way of saying good job without getting too deep into that. Mm-hmm. How is your how has your outlook on life in general changed since this experience? Hey guys, if you find value at all in any of these interviews, all we ask is that you pay the price and share it with a friend. You know, we want, we don't want to run ads on this for the interest of everyone's time. So please just pay the price and share it with a friend. Thanks. Enjoy the interview. Mm, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I know it's kind of a weird answer, but I wouldn't say that my outlook on life has changed. I think it has been accelerated, if that makes any sense, to where it's like, yeah. wow, okay, you know, anything really is possible. Like the quote of it always seems impossible until it is done is 100% a fact. And I literally have been able to experience that in my life where it's like, you know, I've seen people put limits on their on their goals in their life or like they can only get this far or that far or achieve this or achieve that. But literally, like I've been able to see all the things that I thought were impossible, literally turn them into a reality. And now I see life as a, as this thing where you can really decide your own destiny and how you far, how far you want your life to go. So now let's transition to your business career. How'd you get that started? Once you got back on your feet, felt more comfortable being more productive, how'd you, uh, how'd you get into some business ventures? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because I was doing the keto diet and I was actually, the day that I had the seizure was actually day one when I was trying to start shredding down, you know, lowering some body fat, building up some more lean muscle and that sort of thing. The day that I had that seizure. Um, and so suddenly when I knew that the keto diet helped body fat loss and helped maintain and develop lean muscle over that time, I started really cutting down body fat. I started getting super lean and I started posting it on social media, just showing my journey, my results. And on Instagram, there's people like, oh my gosh, like, how are you doing this? You're going through chemotherapy and radiation. You're like shredding down like significant body fat and building lean muscle. There's no way that's possible. And so it started getting like really, people were like so intrigued, asking me what the heck I was doing. And I got to a point where I was like, well, I, you know, I want to build an online fitness business. And I was like, there's nobody doing it with a ketogenic diet. No one even really knows about it. So let me just build this thing up and see where it goes. Um, so I literally started it and then, I mean, it really started accelerating when I was in college and it was actually my goal as soon as I got to college to be able to drop out one day. Cause I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I always wanted to do what I wanted to do. And my parents were like, all right, you're going to college, but if you get it to a point where you're making, you know, sustainable income to live on your own, then you can drop out. And that's what this business really accelerated to. And I was able to drop out, do it for a full living. Cause people were like, so intrigued with the keto diet was and nobody knew what it was. And they were seeing phenomenal results of like, you know, some of my first clients and they were just so intrigued. And I mean, I can't just say, boom, you know, I just started making a ton of money. I can't say it like that, but 
it did grow faster than I had ever even thought was possible. So, so can you, can you tell me, so I'm, I am someone who knows very little about keto and, and you've, you've said a little bit about it at this point for the, for the listeners that either need a refresher or don't know what keto is. Can you kind of give a, like a mile wide foot deep introduction to keto? Yeah. So the ketogenic diet is a high fat, medium protein, low carb diet. So essentially what's happening right now for, you know, 99% of people is their body's using, uh, you know, carbs, which is also known as sugar as fuel. Um, and so essentially what happens on the keto diet is that your body now uses fat as fuel. So it uses fat that's coming into the body and fat that's in the body as fuel. So let me give you like a meal example. Um, a delicious meal is like, you know, ground beef, eggs, avocado, asparagus, bacon. Um, you can do cheese, you can do dairy, um, you know, steak, salmon, those sort of things like a delicious tuna salad or whatever that is. There's a lot of different options for it on the keto diet. And that's kind of an example. So to go, to go back to the business, sorry to be all over the place here, but (laughs) you're, you're a number one top selling author and you, you have two six figure businesses. So can you kind of circle around all those things and, and, and dive deeper? Yeah. So, um, I'll kind of go like step by step. So I first started, uh, fusionlean.com and that was my online health and fitness business where again, it's like taking people through their, through the ketogenic diet, through their own program to see fat loss and building muscle. Um, so I built that up for about four years. Um, and it has, it has grown exponentially, like really, really fast in that journey. And, um, now I've gotten to a point where it's like, okay, like I love the keto diet. And I love coaching these people, but I want to show people now how to build their own online fitness business. Um, so now I do fitpreneuracademy.com and I coach people on helping them hit at least 10,000 a month building their online fitness business. Um, and in that journey, I've been able to write my book called Thank You Cancer. Um, and basically it's about my entire story that I kind of just told you, but there's a lot more things in there that I, you know I, I haven't mentioned yet. And there's a lot of things that I talk about on how like I've experienced, you know, A, B, C, and D and how all of those things have transformed my life to be some of the best things I've ever experienced, but obviously they're mm-hmm. not fun things. So, um, yeah, if, if, if you look it up, it's called thank you cancer, but you'll see F U cancer on there, but the, it'll be crossed out and says, thank you cancer. Cause everyone always says, you know, F cancer, F cancer. And I, I get it makes sense. But if I didn't, if I wasn't diagnosed the way I was, then I mean, I doubt I would even know who y'all are or you wouldn't, you wouldn't know who I am or, you know, I wouldn't build my business or I, you know, wouldn't have met the people I've met in my life and done the things I've done. So that's why I call it a thank you cancer. So <laughs> could you, could you talk about the process of writing a book, what that was like for you, how long it took you and, and the type of relationship that you had with the publishers, just how that whole process was? Yeah. So I went into this thing and I was like, okay, I'm going to write a book. I was like, I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know how well it's going to go, but I'm going to write a book. And I started with just a, um, a small little, one of those journals where people, you know, write their diaries or whatever, write Their daily, you know, notes and journaling. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to write one page a day. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to do like, you know, a hundred pages a day or 10 pages. I'm just going to do one page a day. That's it. So I literally started the first day. I just did one page. Day two came back. I was like, all right, second page, day three, third page. And I just did that over and over and over again. And eventually I was like, because I was so focused on the one page, not the chapter, not the title, not the book, just one page, it made it so less stressful. 
And then, you know, a year goes by and I've got the whole book done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a book. And then that's where I went to uh, the publishing team that I was able to find. And we basically dissected the whole thing. They, they did the editing. We added some manuscript stuff to it. They, I came up with the title. They came up with the, the cover of it. We went through the, the printing, the designing, the Amazon sales, the marketing and everything. And, you know, the rest is history. Compound effect at its best. I love For it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so now circling back to the fitrepreneur kind of thing, what are your thoughts on people? Because I know there's real good value in people who provide the service you do. The online coaching space is awesome and teaching other people to start their own businesses is great. But there are other courses that I've come and come along and seen that are just courses that teach you how to make courses and then teach you how to make courses, you know, those kind of somewhat schemes. So what's your pushback on that? Yeah, I think to me, again, I'm not saying that's bad coaching or anything, but I think that like a building a course can, (laughs) is not hard, you know, and B, I think it's, I think it's too broad of coaching. It's like, building a building a course in what specifically is it are you talking like yoga course stuff or are you talking like high ticket coaching sales course like it, i feel it needs to be more specific and that's why i run into people i run into people a lot where it's like oh yeah i already have a coach and i'm like all right well cool coaching what oh yeah marketing i'm like okay you mean marketing for like high ticket leads like to get for sales or are you talking marketing as in like you know, local store branding for ad campaigns? Are you talking like for Instagram marketing? Like, what are you talking about specifically? Because mm-hmm. it's very broad. And that's why I like what I coach in, where it's like I coach people to build an online fitness business to make 10,000 plus a month. And I take them through every piece of the puzzle to achieve those results. So everything from, again, the branding, the lead funnels, the generating the leads, the high ticket sales, the marketing, everything all put together for that one specific goal of 10,000 a month in the online fitness space. And if it's over 10,000 a month, then, then great, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> uh, I actually have uh, a few clients that are, uh, two clients at 20,000 a month and then like a few others at 15 to 20 right now. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> what does it, what's a day in the life for Logan Sneed? <laughs> I love that question. Yeah. I, um, I have a very set routine, very, very set routine. And basically, I wake up at about 6.30. I immediately, that's one thing is that I don't do morning routines anymore. I immediately get straight to work. So as soon as I wake up, I literally put my shirt on, shorts on, comb hair, brush teeth, done, and I'm I'm right at it. And I put in one hour of work. Um, I get the most important things done for the day. And then I go straight to the gym. I walk to the gym, work out, come back. That's one hour exactly. Um, and then boom, I knock it out. I have a lot of sales calls I do every day. Um, and I do a lot of lead generation. Um, I'm doing a lot of ad like content for ads. Um, I do, uh, I do group calls with my clients, you know, a few times a week. Um, I'm giving support to the clients. Um, but yeah, you basically add it all up. I'm putting in a lot of hours and I freaking love it. Um, and so a lot of sales calls, a lot of lead generation, a lot of content and, you know, you put all it together, lead sales content is my, my, my tasks every single day. <laughs> what advice do you have for, for young entrepreneurs? I would say this is my biggest advice. And I know people, you know, I, Gary Vee might disagree with this and that's okay. But my advice is to find one specific goal and go full throttle with that. For example, don't go out there trying to build five businesses 
Don't go out there trying to do one thing and you hit one roadblock and then you're like, all right, it doesn't work. Go find one goal that you really, really, really want in your life and go full throttle at that one thing and nothing else. You know, for example, Gary Vee, you know, he preaches like, oh, you should go, yeah, go do 10 different things and, and see which ones you like. In my opinion, he who chases two rabbits never catches one. So the number one thing that I've done in my life is literally focusing on one business, one goal, and one destination. Once I get there, then I'll go to the next one. Once I get there, I'll go to the and next how do you, one. But that's my how do you advice. define there? How do you define there? How yeah. do you define getting there? For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, for example, like my online fitness business, you know, my goal was to hit six figures before I turned 21. And so I turned uh, at 21, I, I was able to get six figures. Now that wasn't me like saying, all right, I'm done with the business, but I got it to a point where it was like full throttle automation, really popping. The business is growing. Now I see something bigger in my life. So I see a, an even bigger goal. Now I was like, okay, now I'm on my journey to become a millionaire. And now in this new business of Fitpreneur Academy, this can help me get there sooner. And it's going to be a new passion of mine where it's like, I now help people achieve what I've already achieved. Okay. Now I've gotten there. Okay. So let's say I, you know, become a millionaire in you know, the next one to two years or whatever. Okay. Now that I'm there, I'm still going to keep doing this thing. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, but now I'm going to think about, okay, either a, what is my next book or B I'm going to start talking, I'm going to start thinking about, you know, massive public speaking gigs and I'm going to get agents and I'm going to get, you know, all those sort of things to get huge, huge growth in my personal brand. Um, and so that's kind of what I would say is like, focus on one specific thing and one thing only. And I think developing skills, not knowledge is going to be the best bet that's going to get you to where you want to go. Awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that. And how, how do you go about mapping out your vision? And then how often do you realign your vision? Yeah, good question, man. I've I've had this vision literally since I was diagnosed with brain cancer. And so I know exactly where I wanted to go. I know exactly how it's going to get there. It's just one of those things of time. Um, but I would always say that like, obviously writing out your goals and writing out, you know, the big dreams that you always have and really visualizing them. Like I visualize and you know meditate on my big life dreams every single day. Um, and so I already know what it, feels like I know what it's going to be like and I know how it's going to be and I know how to get there. And that's what I would say is that when you when you always keep that tunnel vision, you're going to get there eventually. And that's really what I do is I always think about the quote um, you know, uh the successful warrior is an average man with laser-like focus. And it's as simple as that. And when you have that mindset, that's what's going to get you there and that's what's going to keep you on that path. How can our listeners follow your journey? What's the best way to to just follow this, this path you're on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can look me up on, you know, Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook, just look up Logan Sneed. Um, and they can also, you know, visit my website, logansneed.com. They'll see kind of like all my businesses there. My book is there, all those sort of things kind of put together. And, uh, yeah, I'm very active on Instagram. So if anybody wants to message me or anything, they can definitely do that on there and I'll definitely respond. So that's beautiful, man. I know, I know Tony and I are excited to see what, what, what comes, what is to come for you? And, and, uh, this, the name of this podcast is the learn lead podcast. So we always like to ask our guests, you know, put you on the spot a little bit here, but if, yeah. if there's one thing of motivation you want to leave our listeners with that they can take away and become better leaders in their lives, what would that be in 30 seconds? Oof, yeah. I'll try and summarize it in 30 seconds, but yeah, man, the obstacles are really the opportunities and 
The two quotes that have changed my life is, it always seems impossible until it is done. And the successful warrior is an average man with laser-like focus. And it's as simple as that. Um, So literally like any obstacle in our life, it can be achieved. You just have to have that belief and you have to create that belief by taking action, not sitting back and waiting for something or hoping for something. You just have to take action to turn a knowledge into a skill and turn that into some serious success in your life for whatever you believe that that is. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much. And I love that the obstacles are the opportunity. So once again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I literally got chills down my spine. It makes me realize, (laughs) it makes me realize like, how can I sit here and complain when I mean, I'm healthy, life is going great. I know, I mean, thing, we all have our own little problems going on in our world, but putting it into perspective to see what you went through and to still push through that, it's really inspiring, man. So once again, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. And, uh, we're looking forward to continuing your journey. Yeah, man. Thank you all so much. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I wish you guys nothing but the best. Keep killing it. for tuning in to the learn lead podcast where you get to own your life stay tuned for our future guests coming soon make sure to like and subscribe